1: Maury Rolls, a two time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. Puts his hand out of the and says...
2: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt is here stuck with us schmoes for another week is friend of the show and much more handsome than either of us david lighting mr lighting how are you thank you for hanging out with us
0: i'm doing great thanks for the uh flattering comment you can't see through the screen but i'm (laughs) blushing quite a bit right now um (laughs)
3: how
0: are you guys doing tonight lovely
3: i'm great i've slept in that basement of yours can say it is better than most hotels uh can't confirm so it's a
0: it's a pretty cozy basement. And I came down here because it's like in the mid-80s here again today, and rather than crank the air and ruin our electric bill, I was like, I'm going to go downstairs where it's nice and cool. Um, and I have all my racing decor down here, so it kind of sets the, uh, the ambiance a little bit. Um, yeah.
3: So yeah. What, I like uh,
0: what I just need to know, what did you guys have for dinner tonight?
3: Oh, God. I had uh, some tacos.
0: Salmon and broccoli. God,
3: okay. you're so elite.
0: If if I were to tell you I had, if you were to if I were to tell you I had spags for dinner, would you know what that meant? Spaghetti. Okay. Have you did you just guess that because of like the S and the P or like have you called spaghetti spags
3: before?
2: I have never called it that before, but I could see where it
0: comes from.
3: What kind of Eastern Wisconsin shit is this?
0: It's not. This is the thing. So Michelle and I were walking the dog the other night. And she started asking me what I wanted for dinner, and she said, spags. And she like looked at me, and I must have had just this absolutely puzzled look on my face, and I was like, babe, I have no clue what the hell you're talking about. She's like, spags. I was like, yes, I do not know what that means. And she's like, spaghetti, you never called it spags before? So I just needed to make sure I wasn't the crazy one here and that other people don't call it spags. I've heard skeddy. I've never heard spags.
3: You know this goes yes. on the internet, right?
0: hmm. Yeah, I know. Oh, she hi.
3: Mich- hi, Michelle. When you're listening to this, I, yes. I, I think your opinion is more than valid. And we did not bring up this topic.
2: This was your husband. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I thought it was some East- of I it. Thought it was some Eastern Wisconsin shit. I thought you were like in on this, too. Is it a uh, is it bags or cornhole?
0: You know, I kind of use them interchangeably, to be honest. I'm one of See, those. That's a win. Yeah, that's a I win. don't know. And to be honest, everyone – so if you heard the whole like, oh, people call the water fountain a bubbler in Wisconsin. That's like a thing that everyone in Wisconsin says. Oh, it's the bubbler, not the water fountain. To be honest, I say water fountain. I've never said bubbler.
3: We say but, I say, and...
0: but I do say stop and go light. People just say stop light. I say stop and go light because it tells you to stop you're and when to me. go.
3: No, that's I feel serious. like you're messing with us.
0: No. Look it up.
3: Okay, I promise we are so This is not state. this is not a drunk episode, everybody. I pro- Well, he's drinking a beer, but a single he's also lives in the state with the most binge drinking. So it's OK. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to we're going to jump into our episode here. So it's it's going to be a little more Uh, go with the flow. Lighting is actually going to lead us, and so let me uh, paint you the scenario real quick. So, Lighting is the general manager for a football team that's a that's in a city that's about the size of a Chicago suburb. It's really in the middle of nowhere and kind of a shitty town, and they're going into the off season right now with not really knowing what their quarterback situation is. And so, Lighting's going to break down kind of the salary caps of everything (laughs) and tell us what his decision would be and how many first round picks he would get for this quarterback that he's going to. Oh, I'm. Oh, is this the IndyCar team. podcast?
2: Oh. Ass- oh I'm sorry.
3: Asshole. Oh, okay. So, I, sorry, I got that wrong. That I was going me, to, uh...
2: and it wasn't even my quarterback. <laughs> it just oh, stung. I
3: don't need to see your wall. I've seen it. Is this where I segue into the Bucks, or should we save that for a different time, too?
0: Let's wait. Let's see what happens. As we're recording, game four is tomorrow night, so we'll see if we even up the series, and then you can rain on my parade after. We'll see how that goes.
3: And then Badger football is right around the corner. Alright, our actual episode is not about the Packers, it is about the season so far in the IndyCar world, and Lighting is going to ask us some questions that Host and I have no idea about, completely unscripted on our side, so Lighting could ask us absolutely anything, and we encouraged him to try to elicit the most savage answers from us, so Mm -hmm. let's hope that happens. Mike, I'm expecting you to hurt some feelings today.
2: All right. I'm ready. I'm, I'm cranky. It's 9 p.m. It's past my bedtime if if I am as old as you think I am. So let's <laughs> rock and roll.
3: Go ahead, Lighting.
0: Well, before we dive into IndyCar, um, I know you guys know that I was at the SRX race at Slinger Speedway on Saturday night with our friend Jeff Lacey. Matt, I know you were at the Arca race. Was that at Elko Speedway? Yes, sir. How was that?
3: It was above average. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I wish the field size was a little bigger. Uh, they started with 17 cars, and after 10 laps, and the track is a a third of a mile. So you got to imagine 10 laps is about four minutes. Uh, after about 10 laps, uh, four cars were out. So it was a very small field, and then some of those cars that were left were trash. So... It was only a small field, but it was still a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, Slinger Yeah, Slinger was uh, – so I had not watched a full SRX event yet this season. I'd kind of watched bits and pieces there, watched highlights online. Um, but after Road America, Jeff Lacey and I were like, you know, we should go check this out. It's literally an hour from both of our houses, respectively. And I have to say, when we pulled up, we found out it was sold out. And again, I've never been to Slinger and had no idea what to expect. I literally get off the interstate and they're already flagging me into this like just random field that they had clearly just mowed. Real easy parking. It was like a half mile walk to the gate, which, you know, it was kind of a a lengthy walk for, you know, going to a track like that. But I have to say hats off to the town and the organizers for making the in and out really, really easy and getting that many people in and out of that small town. Um, As for the event itself, uh, I put something out on social media, but I was floored at the diversity of fans that were attending the race. Um, I don't know about you guys, but anytime I've gone to any sort of short track in the local area, whether it's Plymouth, which is five minutes down the road from Road America or some of the other dirt tracks in central Wisconsin, the apparel is always dominated by NASCAR fans and short track fans. So it was really interesting to see people in Pierre Gasly hats and Mercedes button-ups and Pado jerseys and... Joseph Newgarden shirts at this stock car race. And obviously that's because there was, you know, multiple IndyCar drivers in the field. Um, But I just thought it was really cool that there was this series bringing together kind of this diverse um, group of fans, if you will. Uh, When we were waiting in line for food at one point, this woman stopped uh, Jeff Lacey because he was wearing a Joseph Newgarden shirt with a car on it. And she said, hey, you know, the cars are a different shape tonight, right? They ain't shaped like that. (laughs) love it
3: and uh, love
0: it was great and jeff kind of laughed he's like oh i know she's like you ever seen a car that's this shape he's like yes i have been to a stock car race before
3: (laughs) i feel like giving jeff lacy shit is like a, a hobby of everybody's it
0: had to be it had to be uh and then the guys we were sitting by i swear to god uh bill elliott and michael waltrip got the biggest cheers out of the entire field like bigger than tony stewart bigger than marco it, I mean, it was just kind of bizarre, so I take that for what you will. But, yeah, just really cool to see that, those fans. Uh, the racing itself was awesome. Obviously, everyone's been bombarded with the whole Haley Deegan, Paul Tracy stuff. But
3: yeah, I was a little – before, before you segue into car, i got to get your take on that.
0: So I'll say this. There was bumping and banging that entire race. And where Haley dumped Paul, it was right in front of us. Um, and I don't even want to say dumped because I don't think she, like – ran him up the track or got into his rear quarter panel or anything. I mean, to be honest, he squeezed her pretty low down onto that apron. So in my eyes, it's just kind of a racing thing. Again, it happened a couple other times throughout the night. That one just seemed to be the one that got all the, the buzz.
3: I don't know where she was supposed to go. It's not like she made a late move and it's not like she went out of her lane. So,
2: She was pretty consistent at maintaining her lane. I mean, I watched most of. I, I was saying the lighting last night. This was the first SRX race that I watched. I probably watched about ninety percent of it. She came. She kept her lane the entire time in the heat races in the final race. I, I saw her get hit. She she was on the low line. didn't Didn't really seem to move to me. But listen, I'm in. I'm enjoying Paul, the Paul Tracy meltdown. So.
0: Well, and if you listen to, so she actually put up a vlog after the race weekend, and if you listen to it, there's some really cool clips of her and Elio actually talking about running the track, and they actually talk a couple of times about how sometimes at that midpoint in the corner, if you're real low, the track is just going to carry you up anyways, so no matter how hard you try to keep it down on that, you know, yellow line, the track's going to bring you up anyways, and you'd think, you know, (laughs) at the, you know, three-quarter mark of a feature, Paul would understand that at that point, but... PT's gonna PT. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, he apparently
2: started using his Twitter again because he was so angry. Uh, He went after Jenna Fryer this morning, Tuesday morning.
3: They're like best friends, though. That's, I don't, they're like, yeah, that was confusing. They're actually like, like they're like buddy buddy.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed it.
3: Yeah, man,
2: I'm a believer now.
0: I'm a believer. I I didn't really know how to feel about it, how I felt about it before, but. Uh, it was cool. It was real cool. I think
3: my favorite thing about it is, is it's just for fun. Like, there's no – I yeah. mean, like, there is a championship, but it's not like there's a million-dollar prize or anything like that. Like, it's just it's just people out there just having fun and, and racing each other for the fun of it.
2: So, Lighting said one thing to me last night because we were talking during our PS4 League about the – you know, they have the, the caution every – whatever laps or minutes or whatever it is. I, f- I forget the rule, honestly. And it broke up a Marco Andretti almost going three wide moment, which we didn't see on TV. So that's kind of like my only gripe, but it's still fun. Like I, you know, I watch it for fun and it's enjoyable and, and it is what it is, but I just wish they kind of changed that. So you could see a little, you know, they, they kind of ruined a moment of action.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. Like mainly because I saw it play out in real life, but Also, I mean, what's one of the things everyone gripes about the most with NASCAR racing in today's world, it's stage racing and doing these competition cautions kind of brings an element of stage racing to it. But again, like you said, it's not for a championship or anything. It's just a bunch of old guys and a young girl having having fun on the racetrack. So when Lacey and I were sitting there, we got talking about who else we'd like to see in SRX, whether it's from the F1 paddock, the IndyCar paddock, sports car, NASCAR, or any of the above, who do you? Who would you like to see race SRX? Nigel Just Mansell. Just picking one? Just, yep, one driver, any series. Nigel Mansell. Okay, I'm going to go with Will Power. I said Will Power too. I figured his uh, his background doing Australian yeah. short track stuff and the stock cars would make him pretty entertaining out there. And you know he's a guy that would take it serious enough but also have fun with it.
3: <laughs> Wasn't Montoya yeah. supposed to be doing this?
0: Let me Google that while you...
3: I thought there was a graphic for him at some point.
0: So Matt, why Nigel Mansell?
3: Because he is someone that did not give a when he drove, and he also has some oval background, so it's not like this would be completely new to him. And he also seems like a guy who just enjoys himself. I mean, he did a Masters series for, I think, one or two years before it folded, but he was out there driving like a pretty legit open-wheel car again with a bunch of other F1 legends, and I don't know. It just seems like, seems like a good fit for this for the series, and he has a huge following too.
0: That's fair. That's fair. It's uh. I just think it's interesting that, you know, you don't really think of like the biggest star as being the one you want to watch. You know what I mean? For like a super. I mean, obviously, Nigel Mansell will power are both superstars, but I don't know. Just kind of a again, kind of a unique series. Mike, what would you find? Uh, He was on Ray Everham's
2: dream list, but was never confirmed.
1: Gotcha. (laughs) Mm,
0: Bummer. So while we're talking drivers, we'll kind of shift gears a little bit to IndyCar 2021. Um, One of the things we noticed specifically at Road America being at the track was just the masses of people hanging around certain driver haulers and, you know, team areas and stuff. So it just got me thinking about kind of the landscape of the field. How you have you know the current stars and the new gardens and Dixons and the upcoming stars and Pato and Pello and all these really really interesting rookie stories this year. But curious to get your take. Uh, we'll start with Mike. In the current series, who do you think is the most important driver to the health of the series? Wow, good question. I
2: I'm gonna go with somebody like pato award who has a great personality marketable very good really coming into his own this year can put him on a commercial can send him over i think he's over in italy this week doing some stuff with sponsors and you know somebody like that is i think really important to the long-term like continued growth of indycar that we've seen this year
3: i would say joseph newgarden i think he's kind of the perennial success story of not even like the road to Indy because he just did one year of Indy Lights but you know he came into Indy Lights won the championship came up to a small team worked his way up to a somewhat bigger team and then worked his way up to the biggest team in the history of the sport and then proceeded to ball out with that team and you could hear the despondent groan on the restart of Road America when his car failed, and there were several New Garden fans in our area that were quite upset by his mechanical failure. So I feel like he always has, like, a large gathering of fans at every race who just kind of love him for one reason or another, whether it's he's a really good driver or he takes time to do side and off-graphs or he's attractive. There's, there's kind of a lot of different reasons why people love to support New Garden.
0: And see, I thought about both of those for really a lot of the same reasons you guys did, but I couldn't get over the amount of merchandise I saw people wearing of this driver and how loud the people cheered for him at Road America, and that was Romain Grosjean. And I know he's only halfway through his rookie season, and he's only doing the road and street courses. And I don't want to say he's important to like the future of the series, but I feel like the eyeballs that he's bringing right now and the level of interest is almost greater than what Alonzo brought when he came and ran Indy. And a lot of that is probably because of the drive to survive stuff and, you know, how his career ended in F1. But I can't help but think having him is a big reason for a lot of the, uh, the boost we've seen in viewership and engagement and those sorts of things.
3: I feel like Alonzo yeah, was really solid for like, you know, three months, like, you know, between the announcement to April until like maybe a couple weeks after the fact when he went back to Formula One and everybody was talking about it. But, you know, Grosjean is just this sustained success and hype and Sky Sports and Formula One Twitter account and things like that. So he's definitely. I wonder how much Nurtech paid to be on that car because their sponsor logo has probably gotten quite a lot of hits.
2: Yeah, I'm between seeing all the fans every race in front of his truck. You know, there's. He he get he gets just as many fans as Newgarden or Dixon waiting for for autographs, and he's also super approachable, which I don't know if it caught me off guard, but I was definitely a little surprised when when Matt and I talked to him at at Road America. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the drive to survive thing. It's definitely brought extra eyes into the series, and instead of being quiet and reserved, he's like, "Yeah, let me buy a." a A fire station t-shirt from every city I visit like he's just embracing everything which I think is really cool
0: absolutely and one of the things I think he's been very public about is how much fun he's having driving this car in this series and the fans and how difficult of a car it is to drive compared to you know things he's driven in the past which then got me thinking a little bit more and you know transitioning to the cars themselves a little bit one of the topics you see people hit on all the time and they're just Certain people in the IndyCar bloggers sphere that like to you know ride this one all day long, and that's that. Oh, the spec cars are killing the sport, and you know <laughs> there's no interest like there used to be because the cars are all the same. And once once the cars just become the ball, the sport's not the same. The cars need to be the focal point.
3: This is why I don't blog anymore.
0: Exactly, but my question is, do you think that is? When you hear comments come from Grosjean about how difficult the car is to drive, how fun it is to drive, how fun it is to just always know you have a chance, I mean, do you think that outweighs the benefits of innovation? Now, I know cost is one thing, and you know innovation can be pretty, you know, costly, and that's pretty prohibitive in itself. But do you think that level of competitiveness and then also just the pure difficulty of driving the car right now, you know, pays dividends?
3: I think. To me, I just have to look back to 2015 through 2017, and I think the only people that thought it was super cool was like the Steve Matchett types, who were like, "Oh my God, engineering, innovation! Look at the 16 different aerodynamic appendages coming out of the car. This is so freaking cool!" And then it's like you show up to a road course and nobody can pass anybody. It's like, well, is it worth it then, or what? What's the going on here? Because like St. Pete was terrible in 2015 because. Every time you bumped into somebody, some wing fell off, and we had to have a debris caution, and then the city got sued because somebody stepped on one or some shit. So I don't know. I think uh, I think innovation can't come at the cost of dull, boring racing. So if they're going to find ways to innovate the cars, like in CART in the late 90s, there was multiple chassis, engines, and at a certain time, uh, tire specs. And the racing was still awesome. So if you can find a way to do that, go for it. But if we're going to end up in a arrow wash era where nobody can pass anybody, then I don't see why I bother.
2: The only thing I have to add to that is that St. Pete race was one of the most embarrassing races I've watched because there was so much hype. You were going, wow. And I remember, I think it was Jan Bigas did like a pre-race, like this is what the Chevy arrow kit is and this is what the Honda one is. Okay. and these are the differences. I actually DVR'd it so I could go back and like watch it and like study it. And then the race happened and I deleted it off of my DVR cuz I was like I I've seen enough. And I mean,
3: yeah. Not to be outdone by Nola a couple races later, which is this oh. this second second or its top 3 worst races. I think in my modern era of thinking, top 3 are Nola 15 Richmond O nine and Oh Surfers Paradise 02. Because Mario Dominguez won because he followed the pace car under yellow for like thirty minutes and then they just called the race. <laughs> so it's like what the hell?
2: So which you said what was the what were your, what was the order of those again?
3: N- in no particular order, Richmond O nine, NOLA fifteen oh, and Surfers O yeah, yeah. two.
2: So NOLA obviously it rains like pretty much all weekend would that in your opinion or either you guys opinion would that race have been any better if it didn't rain
3: maybe i I couldn't have hurt but yeah uh, okay i don't think that would have prevented andretti from going bankrupt the next year anyways but no because
0: they did on all the other races they promoted too so that that didn't really matter um i'm trying to remember was that track very wide or was it pretty narrow
3: i thought it was wide in the turns They didn't have, so it's like, it's kind of like a coda without the runoff.
0: Yeah. The reason I'm asking is like, I'm going to hate myself for bringing this up. But when you look at like the race that Cleveland was.
3: Oh no. Just like, (laughs)
0: no, no, just hear me out. I'm not advocating for Cleveland, but I'm just saying (laughs) like, there was nothing aesthetically pleasing about that race whatsoever. It was just a big ass field with some concrete that wove through it, which obviously it was an airport. But to me, that's almost what NOLA was. But what made Cleveland and like Edmonton so awesome was that the track was so freaking wide. So there was a lot of room to play with where I just don't know if NOLA really had that.
3: Come on, aviation nerd. There was like a FedEx Boeing 737 in the background at Cleveland. Like, that's not, that's got to be somewhat cool, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: that was pretty badass. That was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I just want like an A10
3: in the backdrop one year. (laughs) <laughs> Did you ever see the
0: video of Alex? It was either Tagliani or uh, Patrick Carpentier racing like an F-18 Hornet.
3: Yeah. That
0: was like a promo. That was kind of funny.
3: Yeah. Did you have thoughts on the innovation versus racing?
0: You know, I've always kind of gone back and forth because there was something interesting about the innovation, but I've pretty much settled on the fact that, not that I want the cars to be uber spec, but... I do think it is awesome that we have a top-level single-seater series that, you know, no matter what your team size is, you have an opportunity to do well, as long as you're somewhat in the ballpark on setup and you have a competent driver. Um, And I think that's awesome. And hearing guys like Grosjean and Magnussen and Alexander Rossi, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, talk about just how hard these cars are to drive. I think is the most badass thing about the series. Um, again, not taking anything away from Formula One and how amazing those cars are, but having a car that is truly difficult to drive and beats you up. Uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson talked about on the street courses, when you go over the bumps, you can literally feel the bumps go up your your back. I mean, to me, that's, that's awesome. So I, I like that, uh, you, you know, where they're at uh, with that. Well said. Speaking of F eighteens, well the F eighteen flies for the Navy, not the Air Force. I was trying to make a slick transition there. <laughs> you could have fooled us.
3: Yes, yeah, so yeah. You could have just kept going. We would not you, you probably would have gotten canceled by somebody listening, but that's okay.
0: Probably Colin Taylor, Mr. Aviation himself. The number twenty US Air Force car. So I oh, have God. been Here we go. the I have been the biggest Connor Daly stan for the last decade.
3: Like just I have been on this podcast. You can I, search it and did. damn, but you cannot stay standard. Just
0: did. And I still am a huge Connor fan, and I truly do think there's a lot left to be wrung out uh, of him talent-wise. But it's not working in the 20 car. I think after two years of Renas running up front, Connor not, it's not working out. So I want to know who you guys think is going to run the 20 car. And does this mean that Carlin's finally going to get off their ass and start caring about actually performing well in the series? and sign a guy like Connor Daly who has clearly proven that he can drive their car. So kind of a two-parter.
3: I love the two-part. The two-part savagery in this is, is yes. top level. <laughs> is Carlin going to start giving a f-? mm, I mean, they seem committed. Now, to me, them caring would be we need to reevaluate Chilton, but they're not going to do that. And I think – Part of it, too, is continuing to do, like, the, hey, let's buy these shocks from Team Penske. I don't know what other areas of the car they can improve, but I still think we do need a second car there to legitimize if it is a Chilton issue or if it is something else within the team. So I think Connor would be a good fit there. I think Mike has it on good authority that Air Force doesn't want anything to do with Carlin. So that's a problem. And But there's got to be, you know... With all the interest that IndyCar is generating, I can almost guarantee they can find someone to buy that second car. Or, you know, like I, the the way the winds are going, I bet you Dalton Kellett might have to find himself a new home next year. With you know Tatiana maybe potentially coming over. So, but I don't, what I mean, the hell
0: is that gonna, But what is that gonna bring to Carlin? They're not gonna learn nothing, anything from putting a, Dalton a, Kellett in a car.
3: A buying ride, money. yeah, money. I mean, if they say, like, if you if you pay, like, 15% over asking, you can have the car.
0: At that point, you might as well let me run Sebring for a day and say, hey, what'd you learn? Like, what are we doing here?
3: Well, David, you're a very talented individual.
0: The dream team, Max Chilton and Dalton Kellett,
2: scaring everybody.
3: Yeah, I didn't say it was a good idea. I'm just saying that Dalton Kellett has I, oh, I money. I know, I know. And they would take it. I mean, they're, they're taking Graham Chilton's money, so I don't think they're in a position to say no.
2: But I guess they're not taking his money anymore because it's yeah we not... still need to figure that out. What's all right? You you guys keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure. Oh, this so out. as far
3: as the twenty car, I I think Ed doesn't necessarily need funding for that seat if I'm hypothesizing correctly. So I feel like he could go pick whoever. I would still love to see Piggott back, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. I think that would be a good fit. I think someone like Pietro Fittipaldi would be a good fit. Um, if Grosjean really doesn't want to do the ovals, maybe Grosjean.
0: Magnussen, if he doesn't want to do ovals, is is he on the record saying he cares about ovals or not?
3: I'm not sure, but Ganassi is apparently using all his money for the $2 million sale of his NASCAR team or how many or dollars it was. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to plan on putting Magnussen in the fifth car, allegedly. Ah, which would be pretty dope.
0: So, if the Air Force is so tied to to Connor at the hip, which it seems like they are, and for good reason, because I think he brings a lot of visibility to that sponsorship and does a really good job with it, does a seat at Andretti potentially open up for Connor in the Air Force with any movement?
2: I don't think the Air Force money is enough for Connor to get a, a an Andretti seat. I I, the Air I would Force like to say Capstone? yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, one of the other shady sponsors that Andretti. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you don't
0: want that car because it's been proven to be—I don't know. Well,
3: we—I think we need a third. I think we need a third trial. And if like whoever steps into that car next year sucks too, then it's like okay, well.
0: But that's why he can't be a rookie because I feel like if you put Kirkwood in that car and he's not quick, like you can't—you know what I mean? It needs to—I don't know how you prove it, but I, I know what you're saying. I agree. I just don't know who who proves that that experiment out.
3: Yeah, but I do think – well, I think the most damning thing that happened to Connor was, like, a quote he said after Road America where he said, like, you know, I can't figure out the steering with this car, whereas my teammates have. And that's, like, the first time I've heard him kind of, like, concede defeat a little bit and just be like, maybe it is me. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, okay, well, then you need to leave. Like, you need to go find yourself a better – or not a better team per se, like just a team that's more adaptive to you. Because as much shit as we give Carlin, like, him doing what he did on the ovals with him last year – like that's magic. That is nothing short of like a miracle. What he did? Mm-hmm. A pull at Iowa? Are you kidding me with Carlin? So, I know road courses are going to be a different beast if he tries it over there. But, I mean, it's not like he's finishing top five every race right now. So, like, what do you got to lose if if you don't have a shot with Andretti or whoever? Try it. Why not?
2: I'm with you, Matt. I can't disagree. I'm still trying to figure out who Match Fit passes. I have figured out what their name is. So we've. we've- <laughs> Established one step. This is 100% U- a
3: Ponzi scheme.
2: They are UK based oh. and they have an office in Miami.
3: Anything about William Story attached to them?
2: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. Story time. JK, that's on Formula One episode this week.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty.
0: So yeah, I think what we've basically come to as a conclusion here is silly season is going to be a mess this year and no one knows what the hell is going to happen. And who knows?
3: It's like, you think you go into the season it's like, oh, well, like everybody at Penske's staying and Rossi's staying and Dixon should be staying and Polo's going to be staying and Pato's staying and Rosenquist is staying. So we'll be fine. And then it's just like not fine. It's never fine. It's, I think uh, for some reason, as long as Dale coins around silly season, will never be fine. Speaking of. <laughs> oh, no.
0: If Grosjean runs full <laughs> season next year, does he have any reason to leave Dale Coyne? Yes. Yes. Money?
3: <laughs> no. I mean, if you look at oh, what he's my- doing. So it's like Dale Coyne with Rick Ware Wacing. And if I remember correctly.
0: I told you this at Road America, Matt. How funny is it to see a French Formula One driver, well, French name, Formula One driver in a car with a NASCAR stylized number on the side. Like, I feel like I'm watching Ricky Bobby all over again. America. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead.
3: Well, with the, cause I think this Frucci seat was he, Oh no. Frucci got replaced by Jones. Yes. Who was the other coin driver last year? Oh, it was Polo. So Polo had some decent results on road courses and some not so great results. I think he was very hit and miss and only a couple hits. But mostly average slash below average. And so, if, if Grosjean's elevating the car that much, because I don't think the team just like suddenly got good in the offseason, i.e., look at Ed Jones. <laughs> so, I don't know like how he's doing it, especially as a rookie. But he's doing such a good job that one has to imagine if a seat at McLaren is open, you can't not take that. Andretti, I'd be a little more hesitant to say no. Uh, given how they're – I mean, I would take Hunter Ray's seat. I don't know if I'd take Hinch's seat. Um, I don't know how any of that works. So, if he, like, actually gets the number 28 or whatever. I, yeah, if there's, a, if there's a chance to move to McLaren or Hunter Ray's spot, I would absolutely do it,
0: 100%. I could see McLaren for sure. Andretti, I'd have to think about. What did I say
2: last week, Matt? McLaren? What's up? For, for Grosjean, did I say he would be the third driver at McLaren? I believe
3: so. I think that's what we both said. Yeah.
2: That'd man, be cool. I think it's a safe bet. I'm so not to go off topic here, but I am looking into this Match Fit Pass company. It's just as shady as William's story. There's a lot that's not adding up in my research right now.
0: What do they do? What do they What do they make? What are they What
2: do they, they sell? They s- uh, sell secure ticketing and contact tracing solutions using secure QR co- codes. With encrypted facial recognition technology, they have 29 followers on Twitter, and three of them. I are mean, Carlin I'm like related. in uh, no Carlin. Actually, let me look at who their followers are here. Carlin follows them, and a couple UK race, you know, British touring car drivers follow them, and that is. That, that's pretty much it, other than a couple uh, clearly bot-type r- companies. Man, men versus fat, you know, help you lose some weight. And
3: So what's this one called, MatchFitPass?
2: Yeah. Yes, MatchFitPass.com. All right, so between
3: MatchFitPass.com, Rich Energy, and Mission Winnow, which one do you want to sponsor you the least? Mission Winnow. <laughs> The anti-smoking arm of Philip Morris. <laughs> yeah, Rich Energy. I would agree. I wouldn't want Rich Energy anywhere near me. That I means Story would be on like my pit box, and I could tell him to fuck off mid race. So, yeah,
0: that's a good point. For what it's worth, this Match Fit Pass on Instagram has 133 followers. They have more Whoa. posts than they they have more posts than they have followers. One of their followers is Max Chilton, and the other is Browns Nation, like the Cleveland Browns Nation.
3: Only uh, only sixty seven thousand to go before they catch you.
2: <laughs> so if you look at their registered address in some, I'm in like this British registered address company site. How did you get there? The I don't know. Cl- I clicked a lot of buttons when you guys were talking. There, the the company name does not show up on their registered address that they have on their website. There, there, there is some sort of shady sorcery going on here.
0: Apparently their parent company is Denzo Corporation and they have 11,000 followers on Instagram. So Denzo is a leading supplier of advanced automotive technology systems and components.
3: Are you, are you like a PI in your, in your trade?
0: No, I should be
2: owned by Toyota. Wait, what? Denzo is.
3: Oh, you're talking like Denzo, like the one that's always on the side pod of Toyota, like the WEC team.
0: Did we just figure out who the third engine manufacturer is going to be in 2023? Oh, my God. Look
3: at that. Toyota back to IndyCar confirmed.
0: <laughs> 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 Book it. And Carlin is going to be their factory team.
3: Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Does uh, does Toyota happen to have a Google and can see IndyCar results? Although, it, you know how long it took Toyota to get good at IndyCar when they joined in 96 or whatever? It took them too so long. long. And I felt bad because, like, the teams that, like, suffered through it and the drivers that suffered through it early on, like, didn't get to reap the rewards at all. Like, Demata just showed up in, like, 99 and 2000 and actually, like, put in some good results and then went to Newman-Haas. It's like, well, <laughs> like, okay. There's, like, PJ Jones is like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Patrick for a couple races and then end my career.
2: Well, I'm sorry to sidetrack <laughs> everybody there completely, but.
0: I, no, I like sidetracks. It's, it's that was good. Fun. We just learned. It, Mike. Why are you apologizing? We just broke the news that Toyota Automotive, uh, right, right, right.
2: Mike,
3: this is, is going to
0: be podcast. the third. Yes, this is big. I'm telling you, when this is breaking news, it's going to be like on the ticker tape on NBC. There we go. For <laughs> Pit lane parlay credit. No, we're gonna we're gonna credit. get
3: Brian Williams in trouble again. Oh no! <laughs> All right, what's the? Well, we've had a pretty seamless segue for each one. What do we? Well, how do we get to the next one here?
0: Yeah, how do we segue this? Oh, there's nothing seamless about this. Oh God. Just, just, there's nothing. Everyone knows that I am a massive fan of the Road America weekend, as are you, Matt. And I think, Mike, you are too. It's one of the top weekends of the year, racing-wise and just like recreational-wise in my world. Um, But again, it got me thinking. So obviously, Indianapolis is by far the most important race on the schedule. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, without that race, the series does not exist um, but a lot of times people talk about long beach as the crown jewel, like long beach is the second most important race on the schedule. Do you buy into that? Do you think long beach is the the second most important race? Or would you put another race above long beach on? It's critical to have that event on the schedule. If you were ranking.
3: I'd say I would personally put as far as important I would say Long Beach is second, which is funny because I have a video actually coming out soon ranking the venues, and I have Road America as second, (laughs) but I don't think Road America is vital for the health of the series. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have Road America in your back pocket, but just the history that goes behind Long Beach and all the great names that got to race there and how, it, you know, you can see its importance to Champ Car because it was its last race there in 08 as a sanctioning body. And, you know, they didn't pick that out of thin air. Uh, so I think having that large West Coast presence and having such a diehard fan base, and especially in a a city like Long Beach and, you know, just how difficult it is to get street courses up and going nowadays, the fact that that city really embraces it, I think, is super Super awesome and important. So, I personally would say that Long Beach is the kind of second there, crown jewel.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be boring and agree with Matt. I think from a commercial and business perspective, it brings in so much sponsorship money. You know, they, what is it? It used to be, you know, even Toyota was sponsoring it forever. Now it's. Acura. Acura, Acura, I think. I was going to say Mazda. Acura sponsors it. I knew it was a foreign car company and and there's you know tons of hot you know the teams bring in extra hospitality you know that that they kind of bring in for indie and there's a big parties and everything going on so it doesn't it brings in a lot of money for the series which is really important
3: but it prevents lighting from walking around to the places he wants to walk around
2: yeah unfortunately can't help (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: if if, the, if Long Beach was really the second most important race then Mike would actually be going
2: I listen I, that is not up to me this year <laughs> and for, unfortunately there are outside factors playing into
0: my Long Beach decision making this year so outside of Long Beach what do you think is the next most important race on the schedule to the health of the series
3: I'd say top 5 is Indy, Long Beach, Road America Gateway St. Pete
2: I'm Having trouble finding anything else on the current schedule that I would
3: because it's not Mid Ohio is like a good kind of cult following fan base so that people really enjoy going to Mid Ohio, but I think part of it's too is you gotta have a good race and I sometimes Mid Ohio can be quite a snooze. Not the Grand Prix circuit, it's not Texas, Iowa. I would put right on the bubble of fifth. I think Iowa is a really even though it's not like the most hyped event in person or the most well traveled event, it always produces good TV for the most part.
2: I think I think you can't say it now, but I think a year from you know, maybe in the off season, you can look back on Nashville with how much tickets have sold and say that Nashville, you know, you kind of have like Indy, Nashville and Long Beach as your like three biggest commercial money makers i mean nashville put in extra grandstands so they could sell more tickets on race day I think. yeah so and my wife
3: was just there this last weekend and the videos she showed me it looks like freaking vegas downtown like it is yeah it's, it's not i didn't know it was like that insane down there so i'm imagining that should be pretty cool for the series
2: nashville is one of those places that like people start drinking at like 10 a.m and there's like country music people playing at the bars literally at 10 in the morning like it it's
0: it's like Vegas light
2: that sounds like a lot like, like it's East, just like Vegas it sounds like
3: Eastern Wisconsin
0: and us say you just described the Road oh, America no. campgrounds
3: you can't drink all day unless you start in the morning
0: amen yeah
3: <laughs>
1: God, so did we just
3: influences. <laughs> I think we just broke America news America so again
0: much. I think we just broke news again I think we just confirmed that Nissan is going to be the fourth engine manufacturer to join
3: oh get IndyCar. lost I get your reference.
0: And (laughs) and Acura is going to be the fifth. The Acura... Holy smokes, boys.
3: Is Curly Lambo going to sponsor the Road America race?
0: No. No. He wishes. I do wish. I think you convinced me on Long Beach being more important just from the commercial visibility standpoint. And I think my view is a little... Yeah, you did. I think my view was a little tainted, too, from going there and just like... Again, it was an awesome event, but the fan experience was not... Great. I thought the St. Pete fan experience was better than Long Beach, quite honestly.
3: was the last time I convinced you of anything? Was it because was it that Juicy Lucy's are good, or was it that I'm better at that dice game? I need more puck duck um, in my life.
0: The last time you convinced me of anything was a late-night Road America. So I'll leave it there.
3: What I don't even know what he's – what? All right, you might need to text me about that. What, you, as soon as you you te-
0: are you already know what it is.
3: How much how many alcohols did I have?
0: A whole bottle of doctors.
3: Oh god, you're talking oh god, that was a while ago.
0: Yeah, that was the first I- year.
3: So you're saying uh, between then and now is the la- this is the first time I've convinced you of anything. Wow. Uh,
0: probably not. Probably not.
3: All right, I'm going to text you after. I'm going to text you after show. I forgot what that was.
0: Sounds good. Um but yeah, something so like you're so from that. You have me bought back into the uh into Long Beach. So You're welcome. I don't have too much else for you guys tonight. What questions do you have for me? What do you want to know? How can I how can I help you? Help me help you. Who is your
2: most impressive driver this year? What what driver have you look at and you're just like, wow, he's totally blown away my
0: expectations? Well, the obvious answer is Pelo. Um because I was with Matt. I totally thought he was just going to be Ed Jones 2.0. I will – I'll – I'll, I'll hold uh, takes exposed myself there. I did not think he was going to be great. Um, other than Pillow, I would probably have to say – oh, boy. I don't know if Paddle was really surprised because I was the one that called them joining the big three before the season started. I mean, credit to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Humble brag. Humble brag. Nah,
3: I don't didn't know. Be a champion,
0: I didn't look who's second in the points.
3: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking he's not going to do it though.
0: I don't either. I still think Joseph has a run left in him. And maybe that's wishful oh, thinking. Oh. oh boy. Dude has I take. Okay. Hands down. I take hands down for as impressive as blow has been this year. Outside of the 500 and him crashing on the first lap of barber. Joseph has hands down been the best driver this season With, without a shadow of a doubt.
3: I disagree.
2: I think I see a poll of the day coming when this episode I, releases. I think,
3: it's, I think you got to give it to Pillow. Pillow's only had one bad race, and that was St. Pete.
0: Don't make me pull up stats here, boy. Go for it. Yeah, so I'm just thinking off cool. the top of my head, St. Pete finished second. Okay, probably got the most that he was going to get out of the car that day. The last three races, he had – Every right to win the last three races. No?
3: No, probably not yes. Detroit 1.
0: That was Detroit
2: four
3: races two. ago. Oh.
2: Yeah. Math is hard. It's okay.
3: I, you can't talk, old man.
2: I never said I was good at math. That's why I said math is hard.
3: Let's see. Mid-Ohio 1. Detroit 2. Finish 2nd. I I don't think he had every right to win Detroit 2. I think he, he literally was literally led position. the entire race. But yeah, but they got they they saved their worst set of tires for the last stint.
0: Not his fault.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I I wouldn't say that was like gift wrap for him. I mean, I think the late yellow didn't help by any means. But I still think that saving your worst set of tires for the last stint is bad. Road America, obviously, he should have won. How many Did points do you have it to... up? How many points is he behind Pello?
0: I want to say it's eighty-eight or sixty-something. Six sixty-nine.
3: Sixty-nine, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. So if you take away, uh, him causing an accident in the first lap of Barber and Team Penske's failings at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and because like Detroit two, he or Detroit, yeah, Detroit two, he lost ten points. It's why wouldn't call it catastrophic by any means. Uh, but, but then America. Road America, he lost four thirty-five ish, four forty. Thirty-five-ish, um, yeah. So if you if you, I mean, even if you just factor in Road America, he's gonna be ten points behind Pillow, because Pillow would also lose ten points.
0: What uh, did he get penalized at one of the Texas races when he bumped Bordeaux or did he get away?
3: No, I mean That's he had to free. go no, the end of the field, but then he had a I don't think decent it... comeback.
0: Okay, yeah.
3: And then someone on Twitter said, well, you shouldn't have wrecked him. I'm like, well, that was pretty unfair. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I mean, you're correct, but I think your ifs are big ifs. Like, yes, if he had not crashed in front of the entire field at Barber, and yes, if Team Penske wasn't garbage at Indy, then he would be. But those are some big ifs.
0: I mean, he still gained, what, nine positions in the race at Indy? At Indy?
3: Yeah. And I had done done some research on that. I should try to find that, like, the correlation between Indy 500 result and championship finish since they did double points. And I think, like, Scott Dixon is the only one who's, like, done somewhat decently uh, with a bad finish in Indy. But then, like, the year that he flipped, he still got, like, 60-something points for finishing dead last because of their ridiculous qualifying point system.
2: Oh, that was the worst. Yeah, it was –
3: horrible like he got more points than I think it was like Serbia or something and Serbia finished like 10th I'm like how is that okay he, got,
2: he had more points than half the field I think I I think I counted a couple yeah, years it's ago
3: ridiculous so I think other than that outlier like if you don't finish well at Indy you really kind of get hosed in the championship which is to me not entirely fair but whatever
0: we'll save that argument for another
3: day Well, I guess Polo had a bad Detroit one
0: He did. And I think, and again, I'm not taking it away from him, but he really benefited at Texas having started on points and having it be a no pass ability show. I think that helped him a lot.
3: I have a question about Texas. What would you, if you're the owner of Texas, what do you do with it?
0: Shit, man. I don't know. Sell it and buy Iowa. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) for real like how do you Send fix it, it? To the moon? what are you going to do repave the whole thing dump a shit ton of money in it like you can't do that
3: no just add more pj1
0: oh right that fixes
2: everything I have
3: an idea
0: Whoa. let's make it a dirt race
3: oh no
2: all right well i think we've gone on long enough tonight because now we have considered making texas a dirt can race can we can
3: we point out that he's brought up he made he brought up the fact we should do a front engine indie car race at texas yes. right i heard the front engine part too I didn't make that up, right? No. And he also brought up Cleveland. And he used the word Stan. Yeah, this is... Before we go, go, I want your... We can take all the time you need.
0: No, I want your most random racing fact you can just think of off the top of your head. It's just obscure.
3: There's a dude that raced that was named Spiderweb. (laughs) And Racing Gardner. Racing spelled R-A-C-I-N.
0: Was a spider web a distant cousin to stingray?
3: Ah, <laughs> dad jokes. <Yeah>. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate those. I my my host here doesn't appreciate them, even though he could be like our great grandfather.
2: Oh. <laughs> uh, Racing Gardner. Wow, he finished twenty fifth and won his only Indy five hundred entry. Wait, while you
3: say that, lighting, I actually do want to Mike talk about something real quick i okay i want to pull up my da- database thing i should show lighting Dude, can we screen share on this thing
2: uh, maybe after we No, i know yeah we don't want to
3: ruin it but i want to screen share with lighting after yeah. this
2: uh interesting fact this is completely Did you this just is Google like it? sort of for re- no i i googled uh, who raisin gardner was oh. i in- interesting fact, slightly funny story here. So, I'll talk a little Pocono, little little local uh, mishap that happened before a Pocono race, probably before I was born. My dad was at a hotel near Pocono when he was still working. I guess at the time it was USAC. I don't remember. And my grandfather, host Mike the Third, and I guess my great grandfather, host Mike the Second were driving, or it was either my great grandfather or one of one of his friends were driving to uh, the hotel, and they were arguing and didn't see where the hotel was and drove into the hotel. So there is a Pocono there is a Pocono hotel that was run into by my grandfather, or you know caused some damage too in the parking lot. I don't remember the exact specifications of damage, but I do like to ask my dad that about once a year so I can get a good laugh in. Did I buy you enough time to pull up I am database? almost
3: there. Hang on a second. Um, okay. I'm still computing.
0: Well, my fun fact is that I had a family friend get run over by Mario and Jerdy on a moped. <laughs> I remember you telling me
3: I that. I hear that story once a year, and it still yeah. kind of makes <laughs> me laugh. Like a, am yeah. glad he's okay kind of way, but I'm still... Also, okay, Nigel so what, May- Also,
0: Nigel Mansell, the only driver to hold a F1 and IndyCar championship at the same time.
3: I still think it's crazy that Formula One ran at the Indianapolis 500, like as a sanctioned.
0: Also, yes, also incredible.
3: All right, I'm almost done. Okay, so my crazy stat that I'm trying to compute here is who has completed the most percentage of laps in IndyCar history and the least? For example, Pato Award currently leads all drivers in IndyCar history with a minimum of 25 starts. He has completed, of the possible 3,683 laps he could have completed, he has only not completed six of them. So that is a percentage of 99.8% laps completed, which is currently the record. Ahead of Simon Pagino, 97.6%. And I know this guy has a lot of fans, and you guys appreciate that we talk about him. Santino Ferrucci, 96.1%. Those are your top three percentage lap completers. Danica's fifth. Gabby Chavez, fourth. Mario Hatterfield where's, sixth. <laughs> Scott Dixon, seventh. Mario where's
0: Marco on this list?
3: Marco is...
0: I feel like he'd be fairly high. I don't think he'd... Yeah.
3: Marco is 31st in IndyCars. So out of... The possible, oh, no, I just saw who was last. I'll get there in a second. Out of a possible <laughs> people who have had 25 or more starts, that would be 357. So Marco's 36th mm. on that list. So at the bottom, unfortunately, is our favorite, Dale Coyne. Um, oh. He completed, oh, God, 28. Oh,
0: yeah. Hold on. I thought you were going to say a Dale Coyne driver. You mean Dale Coyne the man himself. No, I
3: mean Dale Coyne the man himself.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say like Dracony or something.
3: Uh, no, so out of a possible 4,214 laps, he completed 1,199, which is 28.5% of them.
2: Holy That's shit. That's terrible.
3: Second is 42.8%, so that is some maths. About 14% uh, to the next person. That's good old Who's Dick next? Ferguson. Uh, that Dick active Furt. driver that's next. Who would that be? Because you know the mechanical reliability is so good nowadays that you don't. It's not really something you're gonna see people down. The lowest active Ray. driver is Simona Di Silvestro, seventy five point four percent elapsed, But I feel like twenty twelve did not help with that.
0: No, yeah. How about Hunter Ray, her boy?
3: Hunter Ray. So, um, if we're going by active drivers from worst to best, it's Simona Sato, Daly, Carpenter, Jones, Bordet, Herda, Hildebrand, then Hunter Ray. So he's kind of like towards the middle. He's kind of, but not. He's quite. one below Marco, which is kind of surprising.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Lighting. I'll show you this after. It's like a statistical juggernaut of a spreadsheet I got here. That's fun. Anyways.
2: Well. I think we should probably wrap it up there since we're coming up on an hour. Mr. Lighting, I appreciate your guidance on tonight's episode. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I uh, I always appreciate coming on and, and joining you fellas. It's always a good time. So I look forward to doing it again.
3: Can I invite myself over to a football yes. game this year?
0: Um, Depends who we play and
3: what you wear. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. That was,
2: that was a nice way of
0: saying no <laughs> since we were since we're recording.
2: Hey, hold on. Hold on. Do, well, you still owe me a
3: flight. Maybe you can come get me.
0: Mike, for today's episode, can you make the episode cover the picture of Matt in the Aaron Rodgers jersey?
3: Yes. Cool. Does that mean you can come fly and get me and pay your bet?
0: Uh, yeah.
3: All right. I was looking forward to that.
2: Well, you've heard it here first. There you go. Matt's getting a free flight by Mr. Lighting himself. I think you should do an episode in the sky. Oh, can
3: we? Can I interview you like mid-flight? It's like, oh, wow, yeah. we can't hear anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, no, 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 no. We, they, they, hold on here. They have camera GoPro cameras and they have adapters that plug into the headsets so you can record your conversation mid-flight and make videos out of it. So
3: this okay, is very I'm gonna, doable. Uh, I'm going to interview you, you and do like a hot take thing.
0: You know what we should do? We should do a Midwest like track tour where we go and fly over all the tracks in the Midwest one day, like Road America, Milwaukee, Chicagoland, Iowa. I don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to fly over them. We'll figure the rest out
3: later. You can sign me up.
0: I like it. All right. Well, on that note,
2: guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Have a lovely weekend. Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply to immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O C-O and let them know that we sent you there.